Welcome to the Monday edition of Couch Potato Diary, the last one of February. Crazy how fast this year is going by. Uh, we welcome you to the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is a locally owned commercial and residential cleaning company who specializes in commercial cleaning from shared workspaces and commercial buildings to medical clinics, retail stores, production facilities, and high-rise building maintenance. Find them online at clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. You can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I am at primetimekleen, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show, Diary at yahoo.com. The music for the show provided by Wasted Talent. Find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent with X's where the A's would be. So, this was a bit of a quiet weekend in the world of sports. Like, a lot of games going on, but there wasn't, like, a one big takeaway to, to come out of the weekend with. So we got some basketball, we got some hockey, we got some baseball, and we got some face punching to close out the show today. We're going to start, though, with James Harden, who is on an absolute tear in his first two games as a Philadelphia 76er, averaging 28, 14, and 9. The Sixers have won by a combined 30, uh, sorry, 47 points in these two games. And this is just an unstoppable force that will never be stopped, hence the unstoppable part, and are, are going to win a championship now. That's just how this is going to be. I kid a little bit. There's a couple of different layers to the James Harden story that I, I keep thinking about. One, it's not supposed to be this easy. And it's only two games. Like, I get, like, they could fall off a cliff tomorrow or whenever they play again. And that would just be part of the adjustments here with... James Harden with Joel Embiid and, and with the Philadelphia 76ers. But we are seeing right now with the Lakers, which has been a, a season-long thing, we'll get to them in a second, and with the, the Brooklyn Nets and with all of these teams that try to go, Sacramento is having a real problem right now integrating all of these guys. You look at how difficult it is to, to kind of build that chemistry and just how quickly this has come together. And it's it's not like James Harden has played with someone like Joel Embiid before or vice versa. It's not like Embiid has played with anyone like James Harden before. I just, I, I look at this and I, I see how difficult it's supposed to be. And I see how easy they've made it in the first two games. And look, I don't want to like this. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to like James Harden. I don't personally want to like the 76ers. I, that there is from the, the fan standpoint in me, there is a very big part of me that wants this to just be awful. I, like, just terrible. They're only scoring 70 points a night. James Harden's forgot how to dribble a basketball. Like, just all of this. I want it to go badly. But it's not. It's going really, really well. Like, you can't... You can't just sit here and say, well, I want it to... I, I don't like how they've put this together, so it, no, no matter what, it sucks. Like, you have to watch and you have to go, oh... Well, this is working, and this is working extremely well. I would caution, though, against this for other teams. And I get this was, all of this was a wild circumstance. And I don't think that we're going to get away from this thought that you need to go out and get as many star players as you can, right? But you look at the teams that have had success the last couple of years. You look at Milwaukee. You look at Phoenix. You look at this season, the teams that are doing it. You have the Miami Heat. I get Kyle Lowry has been... Um, it is a, a new acquisition, but there was a established core there when he got there. You look at, uh, I think I said Golden State already, but if I haven't, Golden State, look how well they're doing. Toronto exceeding expectations. Not playing fantastic, but still exceeding expectations. A lot of the teams that are doing really well this season are the teams that have kind of established who they are, established their roster, and have moved forward with it. The two teams in the NBA Finals last season 
It wasn't, oh, these guys went out and made a big move. It wasn't, oh, these guys went out and did da 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 It was, hey, the Milwaukee Bucks have been together for forever, and they know how to play this. The Phoenix Suns, Chris Paul comes in and has reestablished how you are supposed to play, but there's a continuity there. I think the longer you go on, and it's it's difficult, it's, that's a difficult thing to say, um, because I, I the thing I was going to say, I'm interrupting myself, um, but it's... I think the most important thing in sports right now in the NBA, the the advantage you can have over some of these other teams that are going crazy trying to, to build themselves is continuity and to have that chemistry built and to have that grind and to know who you can rely on and in what ways you can rely on them when things get very difficult. The Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets are all learning this in real time. Same thing with the LA Lakers. This is the second time they've done a gigantic overhaul of their roster in the last four years to bring some of these guys in. It takes time to figure that out. And the problem is that the LA Lakers are running into is when you establish, okay, this is how it goes. Sometimes it's established as, oh, this isn't going to work. And that's what's happening in LA right now. And if you're a general manager of a team, it's tough to just say, well, I guess we're going to suck for three years while these guys figure out how to play with each other. And that's, it kind of goes to the, the change conversation we had last week where, Sometimes change is needed, but a lot of times change isn't, and it's up to the people making the changes to figure out when those changes are needed. And again, you look at different examples in sports, the Toronto Raptors, again, I have a picture right here of Kawhi Leonard. The, the Raptors were a very good team, but a change was needed, and they went out and they got the job done. And you look at it before, the Raptors were looking to make a big change in trading Kyle Lowry to the New York Knicks and then decided last minute a number of different circumstances led to it, but decided last minute that that was not a change they were going to make and it led to the best era of Toronto Raptors basketball, no questions asked. So it is a difficult thing to just say, well, the best way is to just stay the course because look at all these other teams struggling when that's a difficult sell to try to improve your team. But I just, I look at how all the other teams around the Philadelphia 76ers are struggling to integrate some of these new pieces. And in Brooklyn's defense, they haven't had a chance to yet, but it, it just, it's not supposed to be this easy. And I think a lot of teams are going to look at what Brooklyn has done and say, oh, well, we can do that too. So let's just go out and make a big trade and there, everything will be fixed. Sometimes, sometimes you're not Philadelphia, sometimes you're Sacramento. On to the Lakers who get just stomped. I think I whistled when I said that. Um, On to the Lakers who just get stomped by the New Orleans Pelicans this weekend. They get booed off of the floor, and it's it's a real bad time now in Los Angeles. You have finger-pointing everywhere. You have LeBron adding to all of this drama with a very manipul—holy uh, crap—manipulative All-Star weekend. And, like, this, the wheels have fallen off. The Lakers are currently in ninth. They would be playing the Pelicans in the 9-10 game, which would be— just all of the storylines. And man, if Zion could come back for that one. But, like, you, you, the, the the Pelicans, I credit them for, for like, going out and going for it. And they're a team that the, the star player has come in and it has worked out very, very well with C.J. McCollum, I think, fitting in pretty well with what's going on in New Orleans. Again, they're going to have a big star coming back soon. But I, I think they've kind of figured this one out a little bit. But now, if you're the Lakers, if you're going to get where you want to get to, this season, you're, if the, the playoffs started today, you would have to go through the Pelicans in the 9-10 game. You're at home for that one, at least, so that's good. And then you would have either the Timberwolves or the Clippers in the 8th uh, place game. 
which would be technically a game on the road, and you would be hoping that the, the Clippers would win that game, so it's just you guys at your home floor again, basically. And then in the first round, you get the Phoenix Suns, or, uh, no, you would just get the Phoenix Suns. So that went really well last year for you, didn't it? Like, this this has all the makings of just a disaster season for the Lakers, and the, the trade deadline is gone. Russ isn't going anywhere. This is the team that you have now, and... LeBron can go on these stretches where he is just better than everyone, but if they want to get out of the play-in right now, they are eight and a half games back of sixth place Denver. This is a team that for the second year in a row is playing in the play-in. It's just a matter of how much wiggle room do they actually have and who who will they be facing. But this is, it's just, it's, it's real, real panic time in LA. And you can already see like LeBron maneuvering to maybe get out the rumblings that Antonio Davis is going to ask for a trade. Like that this... This has they they want a championship out of it, of course, right? So it's it. I'm not saying the LeBron thing is a failure, but this has the potential to end spectacularly terrible for the LA Lakers. Other teams that had a rough uh, weekend: the Toronto Raptors get curb stomped in back to back games, losing by about a hundred to Charlotte and to the Atlanta Hawks. It's not panic button time, I don't think by any stretch of the imagination, but if Toronto's going to stay in this 7-8 game, those are the teams that you kind of got to beat, and now, tonight you get a preview of that 7-8 game as the Raptors are going to take on the Brooklyn Nets, and the East is still so close, that Toronto is still only two games back of Boston for... Um, for sixth, which would be unbelievable if they could just get out of the, if they could get out of the play-in altogether, that would be incredible for Toronto, but th- this is another team where... They, they have ran their guys a lot, and now you get a, a change of Thaddeus Young coming in. Maybe things aren't gelling, but that, that was a very uncharacteristic weekend for the Raptors. They don't, they're at least in a lot of their games, and for them to get just annihilated is, a, a, I'm not going to say panic button or concerning or anything like that yet, but it's, it's hanging around right there, and... I just, I have, I, I have a bit of a concern there for the Raptors, and maybe it's a bit too early for me. Well, we'll see how they handle a test against the Brooklyn Nets tonight. As far as the rest of the NBA schedule is concerned, uh, you got that Raptors-Brooklyn Nets game. We just talked about Minnesota. They're taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight. The thing that's great about the NBA right now, like you go through the schedule tonight, Toronto against Brooklyn, Minnesota-Cleveland, Indiana-Orlando, eh. you have the Bulls in the Heat, the Kings and the Thunder, the Hornets and the Bucks, and the Spurs and the Grizzlies. A couple of those games, like Pacers Magic, I'm, I'm probably good. But aside from that, like I'm interested in the Timberwolves, I'm interested in Cleveland, I'm interested in the Bulls, I'm interested in the Heat, I'm interested in the Kings, not the Thunder. Uh, I'm interested in the Hornets and the Bucks, and I'm interested in the Grizzlies and maybe fringely the San Antonio Spurs. The NBA just has a lot of interesting teams right now, and it makes for really fun nights of watching basketball. It's also crazy, the last game is starting at six. That's a a weird night in the NBA, but it's going to be a a very fun one as far as tomorrow is concerned, because we're not back here. We're not back here until Wednesday again. The the Raptors play Brooklyn again, coming up on March 1st, and then it's the Pistons and Wizards, and Celtics and Hawks will be a good one. Warriors, Timberwolves is interesting. Clippers against the Rockets, I'm interested in the Clippers, and then we'll see how the Lakers respond as they are home to the Dallas Mavericks. So a couple of interesting games on the NBA schedule tonight. As far as the NHL goes, again, bit of a quiet weekend in the National Hockey League. Uh, We'll talk about the Flames here. They were the hottest team in the NHL. They do finally lose a game to the Vancouver Canucks and then start a new streak by just curb stomping the Minnesota Wild with an absolute beatdown of the Wild. 7-3 is the final score. And that's 
A, that's a very good team to beat. Like that, that is a good Minnesota Wild team. And the fact that there was no hangover off of a loss, it's whatever, that this team came to play and just put it to a very good team. And another thing that you like, and we've talked about it before, but Toffoli's obviously fitting in very well with the, the Flames. I know a couple of the goals are empty net goals, but I put more weight into those than other people do, not from a goal scoring prowess, but it shows an all around game because it shows you have the trust of a coach that you can go out there in that situation and be relied upon. And the fact that I get he's comfortable with Daryl. Daryl is comfortable with him going back to the days with the Kings. But the fact that he is already at that point with this team, I actually think is pretty impressive. So just say another good one for the Calgary Flames. As far as tonight's schedule is concerned, you have Vancouver on a bit of a roll. They beat the Flames there. Uh, they've won four of their last five. They are, I believe, three points out of a playoff spot right now, taking on a New Jersey Devils team. That's just bad. Um, and thought maybe they would be better with the addition of Dougie Hamilton. He hasn't been fully healthy this season. So not the most intriguing game there, but the Canucks are an intriguing team. Again, this is one, three games on the schedule tonight. I'm interested in teams in every game. So there's going to be a lot of screens going on for the sports watching this evening. You have the, the Canucks against the Devils. You have Toronto taking on Washington and the, the Capitals stumbling a little bit. From a, a getting into the playoff standpoint, they're fine. They're 10 points clear of Columbus. This is going to be a playoff team. But beyond that, it gets a little bit tricky for them. If the playoffs were to start today, this is the last wildcard team in the East. They'd be playing the Carolina Hurricanes, who would beat them in three. It would not be close. And I, I just, I look at the Capitals and you wonder, they won the cup back in, what was it, 18? That was amazing. And again, totally worth all of it. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying, well, that was really bad for them. But now, it, it kind of feels like, okay... Maybe it's time to break the band up a little bit, but there's barely any expiring contracts on this team, a lot of big contracts on this team. And I just, I, I look at them and I just kind of see, eh, like they're always going to be fun because it's all, Ovechkin's always going to be fun and they're always going to be relevant because Ovechkin's going to keep them relevant. But I just, I don't have that same, I see Toronto taking on Washington tonight. It's like, oh boy, tough one for the Leafs. We'll see. Um, like t Toronto or sorry, Washington is just, they're just, they're just there. They're just kind of there for me. Um, so we'll see, maybe they, they turned that around. Uh, it is Samsonov in net tonight against Peter Mrazek, 5.30 start out in Washington. And the late game tonight is Boston taking on the LA Kings. Um, I'm interested in both of those teams. Like you, you have a Boston Bruins team right now that is ahead of Washington by a point in the wildcard couple games in hand. They're probably not catching Toronto for that third seed in the Atlantic. So they're going to play the Florida Panthers in the first round, which would be an interesting vets versus the, the new group on the block. Uh, that'll be fun. But Boston kind of hanging around. You have the LA Kings who are still, they're, they're second, second in the Pacific right now, ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights, who have definitely hit a, a bit of a speed wobble. And maybe it's not just so easy as, well, we'll just have a star player sit and that'll be fine. So maybe it's not completely unfair that teams do this, looking at you, rest of the hockey world. But for the LA Kings... Again, this is, I think, a very good test tonight and, and just kind of see how for real is this group. I'm not going to say that a game in February decided if we can take the Kings seriously or not, but I think this is another really good test for a, a pretty good LA Kings squad. Also, no real analysis, but what a crazy game the other night of the Leafs and the, the Red Wings. 10-7, the final score. I thought someone was joking when they, they posted that up, but just a wild, wild game. Um, this Toronto team interests me a lot, and I... I, I still think it's more fun when the Detroit Red Wings are actually, you know, a good hockey team. They've lost a couple in a row. They're probably not threatening this season in the playoffs, but I think this has been a positive step forward season for the Detroit Red Wings. Mm -hmm.
The music that you hear on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. Find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent, with X is where the A's would be, and find the producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. So, we should be talking about spring trading games right now and talking about different position battles and anything like that, and we're not, and it is so stupid that we're not. This whole thing is coming down to, well, we just don't want it to look like we're losing. That's all this comes down to. There isn't a major holdup on either side, that this isn't salary cap versus no salary cap. This is, we want to tweak the uh, competitive balance tax, and we maybe want to adjust a couple of things arbitration-wise. I, I, it does seem like the owners are playing a little bit more hardball than the players are right now. I know there is flaws to be had on both sides of this, and it's infuriating how this whole thing is being run from both sides. I am very much pro-player in this whole discussion. As soon as you, as an MLB franchise, start saying, look, it's not as easy to make money in this, then you think, well, then you're fucking stupid. And then sell the team for billions and billions of dollars more than you bought it for. Like, it's... There are very few entities in the world where you're just guaranteed to have like a 15% increase in the value of your property every single year. And then if you want to raise the, the value of it even more, you can get the city you're living in to chip in to build a new stadium for you. Like there is, I have no sympathy for any owners who are crying poor. If you want to say a couple of other things uh, about how like some smaller market teams, it's tough to keep some star players and stuff like that, but it's been a problem for baseball for fucking ever. And like, as soon as Joe Maurer signs a $300 million contract, you kind of just, well, I, it's tough to feel bad for you small market teams now. And, like, it, it's every every one of these always seems to come down to the owners just trying to save themselves from themselves. And the players took an absolute bath in the last one. And now it seems like they are playing, they're, they're playing a bit more hardball, but I, I still, I don't blame them on this one. And it's just the... The thought that we could lose actual MLB games this season during a pandemic and apparently World War III is crazy to me. That, that you could be so tone deaf and you could be so caught up in your own business that you're going to actually lose games while people are losing their jobs and stuff like that. And I'm not going to say like, well, I mean, we've, we've lost $30 million, but people are losing their jobs. So let's just get out there and keep losing money. Like that's not, that's not what I'm saying, but that's not what baseball is doing. We have talked at length about how baseball needs to improve its standing in the sports world right now because it is a very clear third among the the three major sports and in Canada they're like sixth like that there's as much as I love this sport this is a, a sport that needs to get things figured out and the thing that should be concerning all baseball people right now and we've talked about this before baseball people are talking about baseball but th there is the casual sports fan isn't missing baseball right now and they aren't missing the baseball conversation we just talked about how every night in the nba there's like eight interesting games we just talked in the nhl about how there are so many interesting teams right now you got the nfl draft coming up where you we got the scouting combine i think this week you have a lot of these things that are very much satisfying the sports fans appetite right now baseball needed to be a part of it and they aren't and i think that should be really concerning for them it is also fight week in the ufc i mean every week seems to be but this is a pay-per-view one ufc 272 going down this weekend you have two remarkably unlikable figures in colby covington taking on jorge masvidal i 
I don't agree with how either of these guys have carried themselves over the last 18 months. We will say from a fighting standpoint, and I'm going to try to look at this as as objectively as I can from a fighting standpoint, the UFC has done a marketable job, a masterful job of marketing this, excuse me. The promo that they played at the end of UFC 271, pro wrestling-esque. It was absolute perfection, and they should be very proud of it. You also have two guys who are coming off of two losses to Kamaru Usman. There's going to be a lot of questions about the loser of this bout. Like, Jorge Masvidal has exploded onto the scene with the the giant knockout of, of Ben Askren and the BMF championship where he literally punched Nate Diaz's face off. Like, it's... It was a meteoric rise, and now he has lost two in a row, a third. Now you're three and three in your last six since this resurgence. I think people are going to start to wonder about the how relevant Jorge Masvidal is. And for uh, Colby Covington, you talk a lot of shit for a guy who has lost twice to Kamaru Usman, and that, that second fight was very close. First one wasn't. You kind of have to back it up, and I get Chael Sonnen got away with not backing it up for a while. And like you can always throw these guys on a pay-per-view poster, and they're going to, to do well. Um, against my better judgment, that's how it is going to be. But in terms of being relevant fighters and having a claim to being the best fighter in the world at a weight class, these guys are a ways away from it, especially while Kamaru Usman is still the king of this division. And we will see now which one goes further away from that spot on Saturday night. Otherwise, it's a very underwhelming card. There isn't a whole lot there um, that that really, I, I think, satisfies the UFC fan. Like, there's the, the undercard after Usman, or sorry, after Covington and Masvidal is like a pretty bad fight night card. So, not, not the best offering from the Ultimate Fighting Championship, but a couple of marketable guys, it's probably going to do pretty well on pay-per-view. That's going to do it. Thank you all for tuning in. Remember, give the gift of time during the month of February. Call in and book a residential cleaning for someone... I mean, ends today. Call in and book a residential cleaning for someone you love and get 14% off when you call in to 403-274-3998. Mention you're phoning about the Clearwater Cleaning Solution, Valentine's promotion. Find me, Twitter and Instagram, I'm at primetimeklein, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. The music provided by Wasted Talent. Check out their producer on Instagram, at Tommy Fresh Music. We Had No Idea comes out every week. Um, you can find it the same places you find this podcast. Gonna play a bonus episode from that for you guys tomorrow. Uh, my wife was away from work this week, so it was a solo show for you, boy. Obviously, if you've listened to this point, you don't mind those. And I did it on the life and career of Muhammad Ali. So I, I think a real interesting one. Um, and one that I really enjoyed putting together, and I hope you enjoyed listening. So that's coming out tomorrow, uh, along with a Twitch stream tomorrow, uh, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. Going to be back there at around 10 o'clock Mountain Time. Wednesday, we got the podcast again. Thursday, hoping to Twitch again. And then Friday, big UFC preview. So a lot to get to this week. Thank you guys for being along for the ride. Please remember, rate, review, subscribe, wherever possible. And I'll talk to you all later. I'm out.